Jeffrey Dahmer soaked in blood. The Unabomber blowing up. Waco, Texas, and Heaven's Gates. Aliens modified men from apes. Hitler faked his death and then escaped. Bigfoot and the Mothman. Son of Sam talking to dogs again. Witches, ghosts, and goblins. Mysterious noise and hauntings. Dark arts in the skull and bones. Most celebrities are probably clones. So if you're feeling all alone, crack a beer and get stoned. I welcome you to the podcast Strange Brew. We're here to entertain you. We're here to entertain you. It's about to get strange. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Welcome back. What is that backing music? I love that. The, the beat that we used? Yeah. For the main show, it, as strange as it is, uh, it's actually one of my uh, buddy I worked with. Um, he went and split Phantom, uh, and he created beats. And then he didn't even know I used it because he's like, "You can use any of my beats. Like I don't really make beats anymore." And uh, he's like, "You know, you can use one of them and whatever." And then he didn't. He must have listened to the show and he messaged me like after a year of us using it, and he was like, "I noticed that you used my fucking beat for the intro." He's like, "That's fucking wild, man." He's like, "It sounds great." And uh, he's the, he runs like a clothing company now. If I can remember, I would shout it out. Uh, but he's he the, my fuck Trudeau sweater. He made that for me. Because he sells like a bunch of them, obviously, because people hate nice. that fuckhead. But yeah, welcome back to the show, everybody. Welcome back. Um, I don't know how smart this is, but uh, you ever you ever heard of flying monkeys? Nope. This beer is ten point two percent. Holy! Fuck. <laughs> what time is it there right now? Uh, it is one forty-seven when we're starting this stuff. Wild. So, but the thing is, I. I it, they all primarily taste the same, especially like I. People make fun of like, oh fuck these IPA guys. I like IPAs because I like strong beer. I can have like two of them and feel f- and be fine, right? Like I don't need. It's like those people are like, ah, oh, you have light beers, and Anton calls them marathon beers, where you're able to like drink. And I was like, so I'm fucking bloated mm-hmm. and feel like shit, <laughs> you know? So um, this is me and Billy's joke that we always used to have one sparkle puff. It's the gayest name for a fucking beer. It's got like a cat with like laser eyes, but uh, it's strong, right? So we'd always have, that would be like the last beer that we have, or we'd start off with that beer when we are recording because you kind of get a buzz on uh, at the beginning. But there was one that I had tried recently when I was up north at my mom's house, and um, it was 11.5%. And it was like, I was like, whoa, I had one, and I was like, an inedible, and I was like, I feel great. This is perfect. <laughs> it was what? Perfect. It's perfect. Now one beer and you're fucking good. Like you drink two of these and you're like, that's all you need. You know, smoke a little weed and you're fine. So welcome back. Obviously, I am Tomcat, a.k.a. Tom Thompson. And who am I joined by? Bla- a horror boy again. Still haven't still haven't come up with a, a bloody boy. Just, just wait till just wait till I don't know if it'll be up by the time this is out. Wait till our scream. Uh, the next series, because I have some very uh, funny <laughs> audio things to play during that. But before we get into this, let me ask, like, hey, where did you first hear about Bloody Mary? Um, I have a little fun thing for the, the people that are watching on video. This won't be in the audio is uh, I attempted to do the ritual. Obviously, I'm still alive. Um, so <clears throat> nothing happened, but. That will be for the video aspect of this podcast, just so people are aware. But let me know what, when, when did you, you know, when, when did you hear first hear 
about like Bloody Mary? Uh, I can't really pinpoint exactly when. Um, it, probably a similar story to most people, to be honest with you. It was, you know, it, same kind of story as everybody. Uh, I don't know if it was like on a schoolyard or like at sleepovers or some shit like that where someone's like, did you hear about this thing? And yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember there was like so many variations of of the Bloody Mary thing like and obviously then Candyman became a thing and that's like a I suppose uses a lot of inspiration from like the the legend of Bloody Mary yeah for its character and um, that was another thing I remember trying to do and even though every time like I ever done it or I ever saw anybody do it nothing ever happened yeah for some reason I never really even up until now I kind of like there was a part of my brain that never gave up the idea of like no, I'd say it's actually real. And that's even when I was doing the ritual in the washroom, there's there was obviously this a little part of me that's like, is this a good idea? And then once I started doing it, I was like, I don't care. But like what that beginning before it like end thing is like, am I gonna because there's different ways to do this and we'll kind of get into it. There's all sorts of different stories. I don't even know if we'll get to the entire folklore and stories of how many different versions of this is. Because there's ones where, like, the, you know, she they had her baby taken away and they killed her baby and they gouged out her eyes and stuff like that, right? But to be honest, probably the first time I've heard about this was more likely Candyman, which is weird because I remember before I did Bloody Mary which I have, like, a little story to tell, but me and my buddy Austin, I, like, I've i mentioned him on the show before, like, one of my best friends I grew up with, we were both loved horror movies. His parents kind of, like, opened that door for us to be able to watch them as younger kids and didn't really care. And I remember watching Candyman the first time, freaked the shit out of me, and then we tried to do it in the washroom all with the lights off, and you get, like, that goosebumpy feeling, and it's, like, during the day, so you close the door, and then you run out of the washroom, and everyone's laughing and shit, right? But it's definitely where I heard about it first, but there was these twins we hung out with, twins, Basil, twins. And uh, and we did it with the actual Bloody Mary thing in their washroom. And I remember all of us getting creeped out and they're like grabbing onto us. And, you know, we say it and then we were like, they had a pretty big house. And then we like opened the door after like sitting in the darkness with a candle. And like we all ran downstairs and like wanted to hang out in the kitchen because it was the brightest. What age were you? What? What age were you at this point? Um, Like eight or nine um, oh, damn, I was going to do my next question was going to be, did you do any like finger and any freaky business as uh, <laughs> as weird as it is, I don't give a shit. I will tell this story. People get used to uh, I just if you're if you're a fan of the show, you'll realize that I don't really care about what I say. I I don't give a shit if people judge me. I, I have that. You know, one thing Dave, I will always take from David Ike is he said, you know, the biggest prison that we can live in is the, the fear of what other people think. Uh, but. So when we were like, I feel like we were like nine or 10, we would like, we were playing like a strip game and then uh, we're kind of, then we went into the closet and it was more or less like, just like, just literally like a poke, poking a boob because they just started developing boobs or something like Like just poking their boob. And then like, maybe just like I I touch, I remember touching the one chick's vagina hair because it like, she just had a little tough of sounds fucking weird, but this is, I was a kid also. So everyone has a fucking uh, understanding. This is last year. I know. It was just like a little (laughs) touch. Like, right? It's a little, like, that's, uh, that's all I did because I was not used to it. And then it was funny. At first, we kind of, we just showed each other our bodies naked, as curious kids do, where it's like, oh, like, this is, you know, this is what a guy's body looks like. And then my buddy got mad because I went in the washroom, and I got, I got hard first. 
Because I was like, I'm not, I don't want to show my soft little weenie. So I like, I got hard. And then he's like, that's not fair. And they're like, and they're like, they kind of giggled and were like, well, you didn't think of it. And I was like, I was like, give me a second. I'm like, come on, come on. The two seconds, come on. You can, like, and now because I'm nervous as fuck. I'm a little kid that doesn't know. And then we essentially show each other our bodies. And then we went in the closet for like two minutes each and was like, okay, you can touch this and I'll touch that. And it was just like, poke. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, weird. <laughs> and that was it. And, and that was like one of my first experiences. What? <laughs> and then you and the dude jerked each other off. Yeah, onto the chicks. Um. Oh, nice. <laughs> Even better. But I mean, like, I I, I I've said story those stories like before of like just being a curious fucking kid and not really like we used to play this. Uh, I've definitely mentioned at least at the beginning of the show. Probably not right, Deb recently. But we played this. Uh, I was I was getting babysat. Um, we played this one game called Cats Caught the Measles. I don't even know who the fuck brought this up because I didn't know about it. And and essentially you you go, um, cats got the measles, measles got the cat. And you like essentially you cry as you're singing the song, you jump and you cross leg your legs, open your legs, cross leg legs. As you're jumping, kind of like doing a little scissor dance as you do it. And if you land with your feet um like spread apart, then you don't have to take off an article of clothing. But if you land with your feet in a cross, then you have to take a piece of clothing off. I was smart enough as a kid to realize that I could time my stance and I could easily land just with my feet open. So we, me and my buddy, uh, it, it's like, I don't know if I should say that. I was like, this sounds a little weird, but his, it was his sister and her friend. So, and then me and him, and I didn't, wasn't related to anybody. <laughs> and like, and I'm not going to ever shout any names, but like he, like he was, his sister was stripping down and I was like a kid curious, right? Whatever. But I was like, Hmm. In retrospect, this is a little fucking weird. I mean, yeah, it is. But, but, uh, I definitely think that there there is something behind that, like being a young kid or whatever. Everyone just did like, it. Like I, I could, I could probably even think back to instances, and maybe at some point we'll do like a fucking Patreon episode or something <laughs> yeah. where we can talk about some of this shit in depth. Yeah. But like, I, I definitely feel like I've been in those situations, and like when I think back now, I'm like, what the fuck? Well, it is weird because. Me? It does kind of flow with the conversation of just being young and curious, even when it comes to like things like um, urban legends and scaring each other. And you know what I mean? And the idea of like, you're just a kid. You don't even know what the fuck is going on with your own body and other people's bodies of what even a girl's body really looks like. Because I didn't, when I was a kid and I, you know, just touched her tuft of hair or whatever, I didn't realize what was all underneath at that time. You know what I mean? Because yeah, you just kind yeah. of see the tuft, you're like, oh, poke. Don't like so. Where do I put it in? You know, in my head, I'm thinking that. But like that whole idea of just being young and curious, and what me and Austin, my buddy, always just talk about is like that. We liked horror movies and doing things like the Ouija board, even though obviously there could be consequences with that. I have my Ouija board, one of mine behind me, and I have a fun little mirror, like an old school. This is like a really old school fucking mirror um, that I have. It's actually fairly mm -hmm. creepy, and I was like, I could probably turn this into a scrying mirror if I chipped off everything and turned it black. Um, you can use it for like divination and stuff like that. And I was like, I would attempt to do it even on the show just for fun. It'd be kind of scary probably because I feel like uh, the divination mirrors, like the black mirrors, trip me out more than Ouija boards do. But like we always just like the aspect of like, oh, we're getting scared without any consequences. We're not getting a killer's not actually chasing us. You know what I mean? That's mm -hmm. what horror movies mm -hmm. do for you, right? You can kind of get scared and bundle up and, you know. I was going to ask the part where do we, where's the part where we get our dicks out and get each other hired and in front of the Ouija board. <laughs> <laughs> I 
And then we get molested by a ghost like we're in like scary movie too. Did you get my? Uh, uh, okay, well, yeah, I want to for your show. I want to do the scary movie series with Billy mm-hmm. because Billy like loves those. Yeah, fucking that'd movies. be good. Just yeah, something funny. So obviously, if people don't know, right? Like the the murderous, you know, Bloody Mary. It's a creepy trope because, like, I don't know. It scared it scared me when I was a kid. Like, I remember doing it with the twins, and we're like just. We're all shake, like just kidding around, shaking, and you're getting all giggly because you are kind of scared about because you don't know. And I, at the time, I think I truly believed that something was going to happen. Like I thought in my yeah. head that yeah, that something could easily happen. So I used to um, uh, Universal Halloween Horror Nights. Mm-hmm. They um, they used Bloody Mary as like one of their icons. I think I saw that for the event one year. And that's always the like the vision I have in my head of Bloody Mary. I feel yeah, that's it. Is that it? That's it. Oh, that's cool. Yep. Um, that's always the vision I had in my head. And there's a lot of footage if people are interested. If you go on YouTube and like type in Halloween Horror Nights Bloody Mary, mm-hmm. they done so much cool like promotional stuff. Like a, a, there's a video where they're opening the event. They're doing a preview night. Sorry for press. Yeah, and they have a dude. And he's supposed to be like a, he obviously, you know, he works in the park, whatever, but he's supposed to be um, like some sort of historian or something like Mm -hmm. that. And he's telling the story and the legend of Bloody Mary and behind him, there's this giant mirror and uh, he's talking about all this. And then he tells them, he's like, what we're going to do now is we're going to like reenact, you know, what they say the ritual goes like. Mm -hmm. And he turns to this mirror and he reenacts the whole thing. The lights cut out, all these strobes come in and then the mirror smashes and she comes through the mirror. Oh, actually, like, comes through it? Yeah, that's it's badass. Sick. It's so good. And and that's what I'm saying of, like, this has been uh, in um, the social subconscious, because I use that word a lot, because that's, it's in the forefront, like, it's, like, it's just back there. Everyone, like, nobody really knows when they first heard about this, but every kid, at least from the, I would say even 80s, 90s, maybe even the 70s, but I would definitely say 90s kids all mm-hmm. kind of either heard about it or tried to do it and uh, call upon Bloody Mary um, I, uh, when my girlfriend's on her period, I call her bloody. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> I was going to you know do what? that. I actually never thought of that before. That's a pretty good one. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> it's fucking gross. I don't know why people are interested in that. I did that. I, if someone's like, oh, you don't have your, uh, I think it's Anton or Billy. I think Bill Bailey probably said, it. he's like, do you not have your, uh, red wings or whatever it's called? And I was like, I did it once and it kind of grossed me out. <laughs> and I did saying, it uh. A real pirate sails the yeah, Red yeah, Seas. Yeah, we definitely said that on the show. But, like, it, it is this thing of, like, where does it come from, which we're going to talk about. But, like, it always was, like, I feel like everyone, this is the one urban legend that most people knew about. It's funny because if you go back, everyone that's how you support us, obviously, is Patreon. Uh, well, there's a Lost Tapes episode of when me and Billy first time covered urban legends, which wouldn't be a bad idea on your show even to cover, like, the basics urban legends and just do a talk about it. But... Billy was like, I was like, have you ever heard of Bloody Mary? And then Billy's like, I make the drink at work. And I'm like, you've never heard of the fucking the, the Bloody Mary, you know what I'm saying? And he's like, he's like, the one where you call that stupid bitch in the mirror, something like that. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, that's it, Billy. That's 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 Bloody Mary. Um, but like everyone is, I feel like most people have heard about it. I feel like Billy sometimes lives out the outside the fringes of reality in in some regard, where I'm like, you don't fucking you haven't heard about this shit before and it's like no, how do, he doesn't do anything but drink beer, and I don't know. I don't even know if he told me he doesn't. He doesn't know what water is. He's like, is that that liquid that comes out of the tap when I wash my hands? 
in a way, I kind of envy that. I, I he suppresses all of his shit. That's why I've said before. I just said to Chelsea recently. Where I was like, that's why I was like, he was listening to uh, Dennis McKenna talk on Joe's show on the way up north because went to my mom's like five hours away or whatever. Um, and I said I was like, the people that can't handle psychedelics and why people have bad trips is because they don't allow it to take over. There a lot of people that can't handle psychedelics are people that don't uh, like they like to feel in control. Most times. Mm-hmm. So once you're out of it, you can't get you to let it do its thing and let it go. And if you have underlying trauma, like Billy may have, you know, then if you, it's coming to the forefront and you're trying to be like, no, I don't want to think about this. It's going to make you, it's going to make your time horrible. You have to accept it and deal with it kind of thing. Right. Which I was thinking about because <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, I've, I, well, a lot of times when I'm on psychedelics. I know I, how I gauge how high I am is I look in the mirror and if my face starts to distort in a drastic way, I usually am a cam. Like, I'm pretty fucking high right now. Because sometimes when you're looking around, you see the shimmers and you see, like, you know, you see some different psychedelic stuff. Like, it's, it's just more like we call it the fractals, where things are kind of moving in a weird way and you see things kind of shifting, especially within nature. Mm-hmm. But they're looking in the mirror thing and they're like, they tell people not to do it, but I enjoy it because if I stare at myself in the mirror, it is the, uh, the probably some of the craziest shit I've ever seen in my life and the way that I look and distort and there's in different strains you see different things but I'm like I was thinking about imagine doing the Bloody Mary ritual while you're like high on a psychedelic I'm sure you could convince yourself that you were seeing shit you know what I mean but there's so there was something I found um, that I thought was quite interesting Um, it's the the psychology of extraordinary beliefs. Um, oh yeah. So it's it's the uh, the Ohio State University. They have like all these different topics and whatever they look at their um, their psychology department, and uh, they looked at, at Bloody Mary as being one of them. Um, you know they say that there's a a, a massive and a surprising. A number of adults will admit to at least hearing about the infamous Bloody Mary or any of her other variations and the ritual involved in summoning her. Um, the whole thing about the sleepovers, oh, yeah, that sort of stuff talks yeah. about all that. Um, <clears throat> but they think that there, there may be, um, I suppose some psychological aspect to that. Um, they had some neuroscientists and stuff come in. Um, they found that when they carried out all these studies, that staring into a mirror in low light does actually result in people seeing like apparitions and distorted it faces. It can alter like your per- yeah your perception, and you can actually um, convince that you see something. Ninety nine percent of the human population have a a subconscious fascination with faces. Um, being able to find faces within food, machinery, household appliances. Yeah, you see Jesus in your bread, man. But Jesus is in my toast. He's telling me a sign. Um, therefore, it makes sense that when faced with little to no stimulation, the brain attempts to find a face within a dimly lit mirror. There is actual science behind Bloody Mary, which is not what many expect. And that makes the allure of the urban legend even stronger. Uh, so then they talk about the whole, you know, going into the washroom, doing that. Because kind of it's, thing. if you stare at something, because of the way your eyes perceive things, um, it's just like the, the whole thing, right? That, you know, that we live in, we only, we only see 1% 
uh, visual the visual spectrum, which is incredible because you don't know necessarily if you were in, um, conjuring something uh, while doing these rituals that you might not even know or see because we only see such a small portion of the visual spectrum. Like it's like Nort Nort point one or something like fucking crazy shit. And that always blows my mind of like, yeah, people that make fun of me for talking about lizard people and shit like that. I don't think you even understand what fucking reality you live in. I don't think you know how deep this stuff goes of like what you see and what you don't see and what your brain, if you watch that show like Brain Games, um, or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's it's this thing where you they can easily persuade you and trick you. So to think that like the media and the people within government are not doing these tactics that they know, like psychological warfare, doing psyops, then come on. Like, if you don't believe that stuff, then I don't know if you should believe in anything because you don't really know what to believe or what you can believe because... You know what I mean? Because it's it's so yeah, easy yeah. to trick the human brain. It's, like, incredibly easy. But, and to and, manipulate and in those it. studies that they carried out, they'd done it over however many months, like, there was people who had sworn and, like... I'm assuming they had him, you know, hooked up to mm-hmm. like a heart rate monitor, all these different monitors. Mm-hmm. There was people they had him hooked up to lie detectors afterwards and all. There was people who, as as far as like the science that they were using, mm-hmm. were convinced that they had seen their own face distort and like melt. Yeah. There was people who had made themselves hallucinate shit. Like they were like looking in the mirror and they were like seeing people behind them and stuff, even though there was nothing there. Scary though. Which is like, yeah, which is like fucked. Freaks me out because like this would be horrifying. I remember as a kid, I always pictured you would see like his, you're supposed to see her like holding her like bloody baby essentially. And um, even doing that, I'm like, it's kind of ridiculous over the top, but that's what this show is all about. Um, but I might just throw it at in for the... At one point there, I was expecting something to happen. I thought you were going to, like, turn to the camera and scream or some shit. No, I, I actually <laughs> debated on doing something where, like, you, having Chelsea turn and, like, cut it so then it looks like all in one cut and then having me be behind her and, like, in the camera mm-hmm. view and be like, fuck it. But it, it, I thought it was something, like, that was kind of fun to add in to be like, I'm going to try to do this, whatever. Um, obviously, nothing's going to most likely happen it would be crazy if they like, you know, I'm like, eh, nothing happened. And then this like lady comes out of the fucking window, like strangles me and shit. But it's still like, I still was like, yeah, you know, cause I was kind of stoned. I had some scotches. I was like, should I be doing this? It's like when I watched uh, the witch on fucking mushrooms, I was like, I shouldn't have messed around with the Ouija board. Oh my God. This fucking dark cult of magic shit fucking freaks me out. Um, but you've definitely, have you done it with a friend when you were younger? Like for sure, probably. Oh yeah. I've done it so many times. I think. Because so I've funny. heard so many different versions as well. Like, I've heard, obviously, the one with saying it 13 times, but I've also heard versions, you know, where you say it three times. Yeah, so have I. Because uh, I was, Candyman was one. five. I always remembered that being five. But I remember, like, doing the actual Bloody Mary rituals, I was three, but 13, I guess, makes more sense because it's also, like, their 13th kid. But that, it, all these things about, like, these people, like, if you look at the lore behind um, uh, the Jersey Devil about Mary Leeds. Uh, right? And she has the 13th baby and then she wishes it to be a devil. Mm-hmm. I got your name. But like, it, like it's it's still, it, it's weird how, how prominent this is in our pop culture. So let's just get right into it. A murderous spirit is said to appear in the mirror when you, uh, when her name is chanted. Bloody Mary may be inspired by the infamous Mary the First of England. Uh, from, it's, it's on Wikimedia, I guess, but from Queen Mary the First 
uh, to the American witch Mary Worth, the real origins of the murderous spirit Bloody Mary have been long and hotly debated. And to this day, people still wonder who Bloody Mary really is. As the legend goes, Bloody Mary is easily is easy to summon. All you have to do is stand in a dimly lit bathroom, stare into the mirror, and chant her name 13 times. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary, etc. Uh, then it goes, if it goes according to plan, a ghostly woman should appear in the mirror. Bloody Mary is sometimes alone, other times holding a dead baby that she recently aborted and Trump got mad. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, often legend states she'll do nothing but stare. But occasionally she leaps from the glass and scratches or even kills some of her summoners. Which is kind of freaky because like as a kid, what we heard is we would all we she would stand there. I've heard the scratching thing, but most times I think she was mm-hmm. just you were supposed to just see her appear. Yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, there was a part of me that really believed that that was gonna happen, though. I'll be honest when I on the show all, all the time. I'm purely honest of the way I speak about things is is that yeah, I was a fucking kid. I you know, little things scared me and I loved it because I loved that adrenaline rush. Yeah, same as this was always one I think that always uh that always got me to be honest. You know what's funny? Have you heard about uh the whole the some of the thing where this came from? So this is weird, okay? So uh, one of the traditions in the 1800s uh, was, I think it even led into a little bit, like close to the 1900s into kind of, um, it's weird, but essentially, so you would have um, a couple of women, um, all friends, I don't know, usually be like four or five of them or something like that, right? And you were supposed to say some sort of poem essentially into the mirror, and it would your your future husband should appear, uh, you know. And they people would do it on Halloween. It was like a tradition, kind of fun game for for women when they were. And at the time, they were probably like you know sixteen, seventeen, even maybe younger because of the time era and how young women and men, well, women were getting married. Men were off time, oftentimes older. Is that and this crazy shit, right? So you 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 most of them would see their 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 future husband appear in the mirror, but if you saw a skeleton or a cre like a figure of death, like the Grim Reaper, then uh, you would die before you were to get married. But you would die before you had your husband. Is that weird? Oh yeah, I I have heard of that before. Um. I had read something about that and I don't know exactly where I had seen it because there's a lot of, I don't know if, I don't know if I could call it conflicting reports, but yeah. there's like so many different uh, people, things, places that um, I see people cite as like, oh, this is where this came from. Yeah. Uh, probably more than a lot of the other like urban legends or characters. Um this one seems to have like such a wide um, group of things that have all kind of been put together to make up the legend. Yeah, because it seems like it's taken from all these different areas, right? But that one I found was kind of weird. And then there's supposed to be one where a woman like saw the, the spirit of death and then fell backwards and then died. So 
you know, but what is this legend of Bloody Mary? Is it based on a real person? And if so, who? While the story of Bloody Mary may be fabricated, there are possible figures from history who might have been the real Bloody Mary, including Queen Mary I of England, who had been called Bloody Mary for centuries, as well as a murderous Hungarian noblewoman and an evil witch who killed children. Because, and uh, I don't know, a lot of them look kind of freaky. Um, like back then, it's <laughs> just the way they look. Um, I mean, that shit looks scary anyway. I know. Uh, cause we're showing some images of Queen Mary the first, which is almost similar to which we'll get to in a little is, uh, is which, which me and Billy covered is, um, Elizabeth Bathory. So some people believe that bloody Mary legend is directly tied to the queen who bore the same nickname. Queen Mary I became known as Bloody Mary because she burned about 280 Protestants alive during her reign, which is crazy. Um, born on February 18th, 1516 in Greenwich Palace in London, England, Henry the, I think that's the eighth, yeah, it would be Henry the eighth, the guy killed all his fucking wives. You know, this wife doesn't bring me a son, I'm going to cut off her head, which I want to do that for an episode in general, so. There's, um, and I remember like when I was looking this up again, um, there's a lot of people that I don't know. I don't know if it confuses it, but they they kind of draw lines between the story of Bloody Mary and um, who's that fucking chick that drowns her kids in the Andrea Yates. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um. Oh, uh, Lorna. Yes, 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 yes. I have a. We can cover that sometime for your show and both of ours as Swapcast because. Uh, there's like some in-depth stories about that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I see a lot of people like mention those two kind of, not that they're similar, mm. you know, as in the storyline or whatever, but maybe it's just because they're both fucking female. I don't know. Yeah, it seems like they seem to put a, like, it because it, 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 they don't directly know where this correlates and and um, where it truly comes from, but there's obviously different theories. Because uh, indeed, Mary's earlier years, were largely defined by Harry's determination to have a son, which we will eventually cover Henry uh, the Eighth. Did I say Harry? I think I said Harry. H- Henry the Eighth, because that that shit is a, a, cra- a crazy story, and I love like diving back into history when we get on the show. So, when she was a teenager, of course, the king uh, scandalized Europe by declaring his marriage to Mary's mother illegal and incestuous because she had been briefly married to his brother, and his intentions to marry Anne Borlin. Uh, his, because uh, that's of uh, the Borland family is also another deep subject uh, that can be covered later on. He divorced uh, Catherine, married Anne, and tore England away from the Catholic Church, especially the Church of England. Instead, according to the Smithsonian Magazine, Mary was declared illegitimate, made a lady instead of a princess, and separated from her mother. She stubbornly refused to acknowledge that her parents' marriage had been made illegal or that her father was the head of the Church of England. Over the years, Mary watched as her father married again and again. After accusing Anne Borland, he married Jane um, Seymour, who died in childbirth. Harry's f- Henry's fourth marriage to Anne of Cleves was short-lived and ended in divorce, and he executed his fifth wife, Catherine Howard, on trumped-up charges. Only Henry's sixth Wife, Catherine Parr, outlived him, but Henry had gotten what he wanted. Jane Seymour had had a son, Edward VI. 
fucking nuts because that story i, I want to dive in that story in general overall um you know but like that story is crazy i was like oh uh uh, and they're like, I don't know. Like, I had to look into it, but I don't know if he killed the kids that didn't come out as a man. Like, I don't know if he did the Chinese thing, throwing them out windows and stuff, if they were like a, a chick. <laughs> that, that has happened, just so people are aware. You fully support doing that, yeah. <laughs> no, that, I don't think that's necessary because now there's too many men and not enough women. And then women Sexual have the pick of the litter and men are stabbing up uh, real life sex dolls. Yeah, <laughs> that's the second time you've mentioned that in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> I know because it all correlates. Uh, but like, I don't know. Back then, and that's why I want to dive. We have more time to dive into the the more the aspects of like that time error of like it's fucking crazy though. You know, like it just like the way people mm-hmm. lived and the hierarchies, um, and like obviously a lot of these like when they were marrying women, they were often very young. You know, the men were in their 30s sometimes. Or in the, sometimes the, they were little girls. They were like 13, 14. So cool. <laughs> yeah, according to Savile. He loved so, that. So cool. Pretty cool. When uh, He was a cool guy. <laughs> when, if anyone <laughs> hasn't already, go back and listen to our previous <laughs> massive deep dive yeah. episode. That shit's fucking wild. So when Edward VI died just six years into his reign, he tried to ensure that the powers passed to his Protestant cousin, Lady Jane Grey. But Mary seized her opportunity and led an army into London in, fif- uh, in 1553. A groundswell of support, uh, put her on the throne and Larry Jane Gray sounds like a fucking X-Men character on the executioner's block. So she forced kind of like push this into the realm of like to get this other chick murdered as queen. However, Mary the first developed her bloody Mary reputation as that because he was, she was killing off to me. It sounded like it's her competition. You know what I mean? And that time error of like these women that were had to be stern and hard on on the people and and stuff like that. I'm sure like and almost vindictive. Um, this guy weirdly, I don't know why, but we're showing an image of Queen Mary. I think it's supposed to be one of her lovers or like King. I don't think it's it might be King Henry, but he looks like me. See the resemblance? I stop. I don't have it tiny little legs. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> this image is fucking strange. He has the tiny, tiny little legs. It's fucking weird. And that their pants, man, their pantaloons, those like puffy house pants, man. I, fuck it, let's bring those back. That's fun. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> As queen, uh, one of Mary's most urgent priorities was returning England to the Catholic Church. She married Philip II of Spain, uh, quashed. Uh, the Protestant rebellion and reversed many of her father and half brothers anti-Catholic policies. So in 1555, they honestly, they probably were like, we did, we want to change this policy so we can, we can uh, have sex with boys Uh, because, but at the same time, what does the Catholic church do? Again, pretty cool. Have sex with boys. In 1555, she went one further step by reviving a law called the heretico, uh, Cumbertendo. Almost is like looks like Nintendo, but Cumbertendo, which published heretics by burning them at the stakes. So a stake. So essentially, if you didn't agree with what the Catholic Church, not yeah, I guess like essentially what the Catholic Church was doing or other ideologies, you would be burned at the stake. Again, like there's so many stories we talk about, and and like that becomes the thing. Um, 
that seemed to be the solution to everything. Like uh, before, I can't remember exactly what story it was we were probably the about. witch too, though. That whole idea of like a woman woman being independent. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and like dudes just being able to go. I think this bitch is crazy. So either kill her or put her in like a mental. Yeah, it took it took two doctors asylum. even like what sixty years ago, probably like about 70, 80 years ago now. Took two uh, convincing two doctors. Oh, that was on the um, the the episode about Bridget Cleary, uh, where it took two doctors to convince that your wife was crazy and she would be sent to an institution. And that wasn't even that long ago, like maybe a hundred years ago. Like so, Fucking wild. Pretty cool though. <laughs> Kidding. According. Yeah, bring that back. According to the Smithsonian, Mary hoped that the executions would be short, sharp, a short, sharp shock, and that they would encourage Protestants to return to the Catholic Church. She thought just a couple of executions would do the trick. Telling your advisors that the executions should be so used that people might well perceive them uh, not to be condemned without just occasion, whereby they shall both understand the truth and beware to be like that. Essentially, so if uh, to to show people like we don't want to be too cruel, but we want to make sure that you know that if you believe if you're a heretic and you don't believe in what we believe in, sounds familiar uh, in today's society that you will be <laughs> burned at the stake. But nowadays, this they just besmirch your character and they call you all sorts of names instead. Um, you're a white supremacist. You're a Nazi. Do you know what a Nazi? You know what fascism is? No, I don't really know what fascism is, but you are a fascist. You know. Yep, so, and it works. Yeah, it works because you label people, right? Look at um, some politicians being like, uh, people that don't get vaccinated, they are misogynist, racist oftentimes. I don't know, that sounded like Trump saying that. But well, yes, are. Yes, are. Yeah. Well, I will say that for us vaccinated folk. Yeah, I know. Um, I, I should be burned at the stake for my it'll ideologies. Be, it'll, be, it'll be funny, though, and like, I, I give you permission as well. Um to use me in a future episode when I do die horrifically from getting the vaccine. I, I hope you can use me as the basis. Let's hope not. Nice Build up your immunity, man. Take take uh, cordyceps and turkey tail lines, man, and you'll be fine. You know, trust in the fungus. Trust in the fungus. Okay. How do I? I'm already dead inside anyway, so I don't care. That's true. Hence why we do shows like this, especially on the horror end of stuff. We've we've seen enough horrific things on movies that real life don't phase us. We walk openly by dead bodies, and we do nothing to help. Vancouver. Dog <laughs> gets stabbed up, and everyone just walks by him. Oh, great. <laughs> this guy stabs me from fucking vaping. Love Canada. I know. Um... Oh no, the guy, the the guy. So, if people don't know in context, a father was stabbed up uh, because he told this guy not to vape in front of his infant daughter, and uh, the guy proceeded to stab the guy. And people were filming it and be like, "Bro, bro, this guy's stabbing this guy, bro!" And he's like doing nothing. The guy, the people filming are doing absolutely nothing. So, good for them. Sounds like a pretty cool guy. It's <laughs> like Jesus Christ. But Protestants were under. Uh, are they aren't. They didn't care. The Protestants didn't care, and it's kind of like were relentless and like. But it, it, they have the right to be, to to do to follow the religion that they want to follow. And after three years, from fifteen fifty five until Mary's death in fifteen uh, fifty eight, almost three hundred of them were burned alive at her command. And that's true. That's fucking wild. The, because obviously we don't know history is a complete lie to begin with. So the victims included prominent religious figures like Thomas Kramer, nice, uh, and the Archbishop of Canterbury. 
and the Bishop Hugh Lattimore and Nicholas Riley, as well as scores of normal citizens, most who were poor. So they just, anyone that went against the Catholic Church was burned alive. Because I, Again, that like happened in just, Ireland a lot too, though. Because Yeah, well, it's, it's another one of those things like where it's just fucking, that seemed to be the answer to like everything. If you go against me, we're going to make a public show of this so people don't go against us, you know? Because that's really what it was. Because it, me and Billy have talked about mm -hmm. this, right? Where there's nothing else to do, you know? So people go see the public hanging or the public burning. They're like, because it wasn't so prominent over here in, well, in the States when it comes to the Salem witch trials and stuff like that. Um, but it was mostly like a French kind of British where they were burning people. Sometimes they would drown witches and stuff like that. But it seemed like it was also to make a show uh, for the people to be like, well, if you go against uh, the essentially the royals and the people in charge, then you will be punished. And if you want to make a point of the fact that these people are the people that run and always have run the world, right? Have always been psychopaths. It's, uh, but it's just, it's so weird to me. Like, the, and it's like you said, even about modern day, um, it's just like a different version of that, really. Yeah. Well, it is because they they were like they were still psychotic, right? These people that empower that are narcissistic, ego, ego, egotistical maniacs. Which back then they think, well, my blood is better than you yours, and that's why the monarchy is always a strange thing to me. Is you are just peasants, you know? You have to kiss my ring. Get down and fucking kiss kiss this ring that my daddy gave me. You know, like stuff like that is like fucking bizarre to me. Also, I just want to say something that's completely, in, in one sense, out of context here, but it just harkens back to something you mentioned a minute ago. I just watched that video you're talking about of the dude being stabbed outside the Starbucks. Oh, that's what you're doing there? <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Is that fucking wild? What the fuck? The guy, and this is some fucking looking, like, the guy that stabs the father, it just looks like some douchebag from Toronto or some Vancouver, but just some, like, very city folk Get, like ha like trying to be gangster but not truly gangster and like it's it's wild because people are just walking up filming it and they're the guys are stabbing there's a dude sitting outside drinking his coffee looking at the guy lying face down with blood squirting everywhere yeah and he's just sitting there yeah now i know like again i'm not saying like i would jump up and be like fucking bruce wayne or anything no. but like the fact that he has literally zero reaction he's he doesn't even look afraid he's no. just sitting there going Huh. Well, Weird. and the Canadian, uh, the the judicial, judicial, the judicial system, the jude, uh, I can't even say that, but the justice system is fucked. The judicial system, judicial, I hope people get a good okay, laugh. That, that is absolutely it. wild, like that that's in broad daylight, just outside of a coffee shop. Uh, this is, uh, to be honest, all around the world, uh, liberal governments were installed because it wasn't democracy. <laughs> all over the world, every place that, that was aligned with the WEF agenda, it, it sounds so crazy that they all end up, oh, we're penetrating the cabinets. We're saying it right out in the open that we're going into all these Western societies and Commonwealth countries that are connected to the, the monarchy of England and they all instill a fucking left-wing leader oh, because we have democracy it was super fair, right? And that's the whole thing of like, it, it's weird well-timed, just before the pandemic every commonwealth country 
uh, left-wing leader was installed almost all over the world. Australia, Britain, Canada, um, even the States, right? And they're not Commonwealth, but still. Fucking bizarre. Bizarre. Fucking hell. And, and they're going to watch babies die and love it because they're good guys. The government's good. You're not wrong. <laughs> uh, so let's get back into this. You son of a bitch. You piece of shit. You fucking goddamn so. fucker. Listen, fuckhead. You have fucking crossed the line. You've crossed the line, okay? So as history notes, the Protestant deaths were meticulously recorded by a Protestant named John Fox. And in 1563, a book named the AACTES, The Acts and Monuments, um, also known as the Fox Books of Martyrs, which makes more sense, is described as the death of Protestant martyrs throughout history, com- complete with illustrations. Actually, sounds like a fascinating book. I'd probably buy it. Then brought, uh, ooh, then brought they a faggot kindled with fire. And when he says the word <laughs> faggot, okay, for everyone, it means a bundle of sticks. Literally, it's spelled with not two G's, but one G. Uh, then brought the faggot of kindled with fire. Fires with a Y R E. And laid the same down at... I'm going to clip that. (laughs) I'm going to clip that. The part that you didn't give the little disclaimer afterwards (laughs) of you just saying the faggot thing. They brought the faggots to kindle with fire and laid the same drowned at doctor. Uh, I don't know what that means. Uh, Ridley's fleet. So you were saying something about burning the faggots at a stake, was it? It might not be a bad idea. I'm fucking kidding. I'm kidding, everybody. (laughs) Calm fucking down. Uh, I just wanted you to say it first. <laughs> uh, Fox wrote of Ridley and uh, Latimer's brutal executions. It is it is such a strange thing, right? That it came from. It is is literally a bundle of sticks. It's essentially about saying like um, throwing the bundle of sticks down to be led aflame to kill um, the Protestants that went against the monarchy, and that's really what what he said in his weird English way. Mary's scorn of Protestants left a lasting legacy. After her death, it earned the queen the nickname Bloody Mary. But that's not the only reason why we believe that Queen Mary I is nicknamed the legendary Bloody Mary and why she's connected to the story. Alleged Bloody Mary sightings in the mirror often describe the ghost as having a baby or looking for a baby. Where's my? I've heard that too, where it's like, where's my baby? I can't find the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you're supposed to say you have her baby. And then she, if you, t- if, if you're the person that calls her out and says that you have her baby, you're the one that's supposed to be, is supposed to get scratched. Yeah. Like I've seen other stories. Like I know in France, uh, there's a part like added onto the story that she wears this like special bracelet. Yeah. And, uh, if you, it lets her into her the best into- theme parks. <laughs> if you like, if you can manage to take the bracelet off her. Weird. She can't do anything to you, but if you summon her and you can't grab the bracelet, then she'll like haunt you and all this shit, and she'll show up. There's other versions I've seen where she doesn't show up until after a candle, after the candle has been blown out, or Ooh, yeah, yeah. until after the toilet has been flushed. Oh no, no, that's uh, go back everybody and listen to me and Billy's Urban Legends. There was like a part two, more or less. It was like, and there's also we did it. Uh, there was an episode called Let's Summon Something. And it was about summing rituals around Halloween, and we did uh, uh, blue baby, blue baby, blue baby, blue baby, and you call upon the blue baby, and supposedly this woman comes out of your toilet. 
that's fucked up. Yeah. That's freaky. Look up Blue Baby. Uh, I do think it would it would be worth it on your show to talk about some more obscure urban legends. That's all, There's all these different tropes because Blue Baby is kind of the same thing as Bloody Mary, but it's like something comes through your fucking toilet. And that's a weird thing because the Bloody Mary trope is also in Japan. About there's a, 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 I want to get in back into Japanese uh, folklore and urban legends uh, on this show because mm-hmm. some of them are fucking crazy. And they're cryptids. One of the scariest places on the planet, I think. We should talk about the suicide forest. Cause that yeah, shit's fucking scary. wild, dude. And I would not, I would not, I would, if me, it was me, you, and Billy, I would do it in film in that forest. But I would never go by myself. Or even, I feel like two, three, four people you need, because you don't want to even with a, just one person. They go missing. You're fucked. It's like a, it's like a, it's literally like yeah. a horror movie. Yeah, that's scary. So, yeah, so the ledge, obviously, she's describing it like she's looking for her baby. The summoners can taunt Bloody Mary by saying, I stole your baby or I killed your baby. Why I did it in the video that I did of trying to attempt to summon her. And there's a reason why that uh, refrain would get under Queen Mary's skin. Alongside of burning the Protestants, Mary had another priority, getting pregnant. 37 years old, she took power. Uh, yeah, you're not having a kid after that age, uh, unless it's a, some sort of fluke and they don't come out with certain handicaps. Fucking t- blue baby toilet baby. Yeah, it, that's what's gonna happen. You're gonna shit out a baby, and it's not gonna come out right because your body. That's what. Yeah, you're not. You're actually not gonna give birth. You're gonna shit the baby. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna go out your asshole. You know, because now and nowadays, I'm never around. It's like nowadays, anyone can get pregnant. <laughs> Man, women, fucking monster, Bigfoot, Z, Y, whatever the fuck else they have to say. Um, but the thing is, too, right, is like th- this idea of that you're older and and you know you're. This is why there's a there's a documentary um, that's called "Are All Men Pedophiles?" I've mentioned it before. And it's it's a doc mm-hmm. about how essentially throughout history, right, older men usually go after younger women, and how it's always been this way since the beginning of time. And it discusses the whole idea of that you know people are dying very young. Uh, men can I can when I'm seven years old, I have the potential to get a twenty year old pregnant, and sh- this kid will still be. Uh, mentally sound and fine and physically have no um, issues with inside the pregnancy. But if a woman has a baby at 70, it will die. Like it won't, it, it just won't happen. Um, and past a certain age, it's because women are obviously like if people know basic biology, women are only born with a certain amount of eggs where men can literally produce sperm till the day of the day. If they're healthy and their sperm's healthy, they can have a kids till like they're almost dead. So this is the, I've said this before on the show, where it's like a man can populate an entire world, uh, but a woman can only populate a portion of a town. I know people don't like yeah, that, but that's it, factually. And a very small portion of that, because like even, uh, and I'm sure you probably have either known of or just in general know, but like you see a chick who's had like four or five, six kids, that bitch looks fucking like a worn out, fucking chewed up toffee. My grandma. <laughs> Just kidding. My grandma had my <laughs> grandma had fucking seven kids in the t- in ten years. Seven kids in ten years. That's fucking crazy. Right. Yeah. Right. So here's something. Right. And I'm not reeling back on what I just said. I do feel though. However, like my great grandmother had nine children. Right. Wow. You had now, I thought fucking my grandma was crazy. I don't, I don't know like what um 
I don't know what her body looked like or anything. <laughs> I, was say, like, I, didn't, yeah. I never didn't have to fuck her or anything like that. But um, she she still just looked like your kind of average. Uh, yeah, my grandma looked like fine. Woman too. or whatever. But I feel like in modern days, I don't know what it is, mm. but I definitely feel like when I when I see like you know chicks even around my age, younger chicks even. They have like two, three kids, dude, and they look like they've been kicked around the fucking football field. I know. My grandma actually looks normal. She like drinks beer, she looks a normal old lady. She's actually fairly thin. Like she's been thin her entire life that I've known her in existence since I was a kid, right? And um, it is crazy that we were just talking about that. Uh, when I was at my mom's back then of how it kind of goes and stuff like that. Now, my grandfather was mm-hmm. like more or less didn't really do much where he, like, it was the woman that took over the whole household and he would work and then go home and drink beer because he was an alcoholic and my grandfather died on dialysis, like fucking Bin Laden. So it is <laughs> it is this thing of, like, there's another Jesus. conspiracy flipped in there. Uh, but, like, you know, it just seemed, it was normal at the time, but fucking seven kids in ten years, I couldn't fucking imagine. Trying to keep that fucking whole household, like, under, under wraps and, like, like, hey, don't fucking go kill or molest anybody. I think it would be pretty hard to make sure all your kids Kids are grown up, sound individuals that have uh, an understanding of the reality that they live in, right? I just, I, I don't know. I would like to do some sort of experiment where I could compare, you know, a, a woman who had that many kids and a big household and had to look after everything back then, and still kept somewhat sane and like didn't look like shit. Crazy. And then like, I see like young, you know, younger girls now, like, you know, in their twenties or whatever, they have like three kids. Yeah. They look like they're in their seventies. Yeah. Uh, they can't keep anything together. They're having like mental breakdowns. And their dude is like either running off or killing themselves. 100%. And that goes uh, hand in hand a lot of times. Um, I live in this city called Brantford. It was like essentially like a, a many, it's due to populace. It is crazy. Due to populace, essentially how many people lived in this city, it was more dangerous than uh, places like Chicago. I'm saying due to populace. Essentially, the concentration of how many people were in this city, that's where I used to live when I first started even this podcast, um, they would be, the crime rate and stuff like that was, when it comes to how many people there are, it was almost the same as Chicago in the early 2000s, okay? And it in this one city I live in had the highest teen pregnancy rate in all of Canada. People thought it was all of Ontario. It was Whoa. all of Canada. I used to see chicks pushing around a stroller with two kids in it, smoking a cigarette pregnant with their third kid or whatever. And, like, obviously with bad mental health and everything else that I can get that, into. Yeah, that shit freaks me out, like, though. Those, pe- those kids are not going to grow up in a stable environment, Right, and this is why poor people more oftentimes have more kids because well, you mean access. to tell me that they're not going to grow up to be upstanding citizens? And Probably not. But you never know oh, because wow. you never know. Damn, I didn't know that. There's a lot of people that end up growing up out of those situations that. Uh, don't ever want to go back to that. There's. I'm I'm gonna say something really controversial <laughs> here, and people will probably try to cancel me for it. But anybody who's in those situations that keeps having kids like that should be neutered like a fucking well, mouse. I knew this chick that uh, she had five abortions, and I am a believer in the right to women to be able to do what they want with their body. Whatever. It's your body if mm-hmm. you want to, like, kill the cell, because that's what it is. I don't, it's not a living thing yet. And from the research I've done, I've said that the soul doesn't enter the womb till about four months because you choose your parents, when you're going to live, and the idea that if you kill that cell, that the soul will not reincarnate in some other body is nonsense. Anyways, I just wanted to say this very quickly is that um, I knew someone that had like five abortions and they couldn't have any more 
Because that was like, and what my problem is, and I've heard other people talk about when it comes to this issue, is because 90% of people that are getting abortions are not uh, are not women that have been sexually abused or raped or stuff like that. They're using it as birth control. Instead of being conscious of your your decisions and the constant one of the consequences of sex, and I see Aaron shaking his head to this so people understand. So one of the consequences of sex is is that that you could have a child. That's the, that's a consequence mm-hmm. of a big decision. I I I got a girl pregnant when I was 13 years old, and she had an abortion. I we were like didn't know what to do. I, I hold merit in what my I joke about my ghost babies, so people don't get offended and understand what I'm actually saying. Is that I've went through this shit, um, and not even I, I should have been there to, with the w- w- chick more than I could have, but I didn't know. And these are consequences that you deal with when you make a big decision like having sex. You know, so. Well, th- this is it. Like, I mean, I, I had a kid in my very, very, very early 20s. And, you know, people warned me about it and I couldn't be told. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I, I, um, I paid the price. Yeah. Yeah. And that, well, <laughs> that's what, what I mean? happens, right? Some people say, oh, that's a horrible thing to say, but I, I paid the price. Yeah. And it, it, it's about um, consequences. Like, everything has a consequence to it. So obviously there's a lot of weird stuff along with, you know, she, she couldn't get pregnant. So at 37 years old, she took power and was determined to produce a rain, uh, uh, her like next, the next child to own the throne, but things took a twisted, strange twist and change though. She announced she was pregnant just two months after marrying Philip, uh, and all conceivable measures appeared that she was pregnant. Uh, Mary's due date came and went without a baby. And there was rumors that spread in the French court, and Mary had been uh, had delivered a mole, which is gross, a lump of flesh possibly, and it wasn't actually a baby. And um, so there's weird things to do with that, that she convinced herself, like she ended up birthing some sort of thing that was inside of her gut, or it sounds fucking weird, but they didn't really know what it was. But there's also theories that she didn't actually, she convinced herself, because it's possible, you can convince your body to uh, create, to convince your body that you were pregnant. And your body will actually show signs of this. this is how the mind works and your body correlating with your mind that she convinced herself that she was actually pregnant and her body reacted that, to it that, that's absolutely like insane i was listening to a podcast uh yesterday or the day before and they were just talking about that whole like thing of the gut being the second brain yeah, and shit like uh, yeah, that and it's, it's like wild what like your body and your mind can actually do yeah to produce this and she was com- completely convinced uh, that she was pregnant time and time again. And uh, so it's it's kind of crazy. So obviously when she died in 1582 at the age of 42, possibly from a urine or ovarian cancer, which is crazy, she died without a child. So her Protestant half-sister Elizabeth took power instead. Meanwhile, Mary's enemies made sure she became known as Bloody Mary. And though the Smithsonian notes that her father had ordered the deaths of as many as 72,000 of her subjects and her sister went on to hang and draw and quarter another 130, uh, 183 Catholics, Mary was the one deemed as bloody, which is kind of funny. But we'll, like this will lead into other episodes. Like the, the, all, everything kind of like... 
you know, as as David Ike would quote, it's like it's like dot connecting. Things all relate kind of to each other at the end of this. But her reputation could have come from sexism or simply the fact that she was a Catholic queen in a largely Protestant nation. Either way, Bloody Mary nickname tied to the urban legend could have came from her. Uh, but there's another woman that could have inspired the stories as well. Beside her, obviously the two other main women of inspiration was uh, Mary Worth, a mysterious witch. The second, because uh, the Mary Worth thing we could dive into on your show when we eventually cover um, Urban Legends Bloody Mary, because I... I'd like to talk about that. It would be interesting to discuss that film because I have never seen it, but you said it was okay. <laughs> I don't know. After we watched the first Urban Legend. Mm. That, that would probably, but it would, uh, that would probably make for a good, like fucking, I don't know, a live stream yeah. maybe or something like Urban that. Urban Legend is now on Patreon. One. So the people know I, the, we, it is on Patreon. Um, our commentary of the first Urban Legend. And we're, we, me and Aaron did a weird thing. We go back and we we used to love these movies. And then we pick them apart. Like crazy, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I even took the enjoyment out of some of them for myself. I think, yeah. Which is, it is what it is at the end of the day. But and obviously the second is Elizabeth Bathory. So go check out me and Billy's episode that we did with one of his friends. It was nice. We had a, we had a chick on this, uh, a chick that Billy was crushing hard on, and they're still friends. Like they're still friends and stuff like that, but she's we he used to call her fee, uh, girl Billy because she also has this. He's like she's like fuck you, I'm my own woman, and but he she has this very same sense of humor as Billy and stuff like that, and she was on for that one. But she was a Hungarian noblewoman who killed hundreds of young girls and young women. Um, but the details about Mary Worth are kind of hazy, and we don't know if she ex- existed at all. But Honda Rooms describes her as a witch who allegedly put her put children under a spell kidnapped them and murdered them and then used their blood, her, their blood to stay youthful. That's why it's kind of connected to Elizabeth Bathory. And when people in her town found out, they reportedly tried to uh, put her on the stake and burn her alive. Then Mary Worth screamed, if they dare say her name in a, a mirror, she would haunt them for till the end of time. And... There's all these different stories of Elizabeth Bathory. So go check out the episode that me and Billy did do on that um, because she would like torture her slaves. Supposedly there were stories that she would bathe in the slave's blood to keep her youth, um, which is also the story of Mary Worth um, of why we know these whole thing because Elizabeth Bathory, not the most attractive women in the world, uh, no. <laughs> Most of them were probably not. No. Um, but she did the whole thing of bla- supposedly bathing in the blood uh, of her own slaves, which kind of connects back to the whole idea of adrenochrome and, and these things that eventually I would love to talk about um, on the show. We will eventually talk about I might get Paranoid American on for that because um, he's doing, a, I think, a comic on the whole idea of adrenochrome. So I think it would be interesting to get on. I know, Aaron, you would like to discuss probably some of that stuff because it's fucked. The stories behind this shit and adrenochrome are crazy. But Elizabeth Bathory was very real. She was a Hungarian noble woman. She was charged with killing at least 80 girls and young women between 1590 and 1610. So obviously rumors spread, and then it kind of attached onto the whole idea of Bloody Mary. I would say 100% that this story just got passed down generation after generation, Mm -hmm. and it kind of attached to this folklore, 
and it is what it is today of of kids saying that I I'm I'm hope kids are still doing this shit. To be honest, scary. Have a little fun. Whatever. You're not gonna die. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't actually know if they are, but it, I would I'll be interested to to know that. I feel like that stuff like that is maybe lost on the more modern yeah society. I agree. I agree that 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 is probably the case. Um, I hope you guys found this interesting. Uh, you know, this is something I wrote at a, a while ago where I was like, hey, let's just dive into something kind of creepy and different. And a lot of people may not know the true stories of where this actually comes from. But, but like much uh, like every urban legend, it comes from some sort of story that holds some truth to it. And then it gets recycled down generation after generation, the telephone game, and then it gets altered and now it becomes this thing in so the social subconsciousness of this scary, you know, sleepover game you play. You know, a bunch of girls are together in a sleepover. Like, we should go in the washroom and call Bloody Mary. Same thing with Ouija boards. And I always say, right, you know, when like little girls, boys, whatever, fucking, <laughs> fucking whatever you might be. But little girls and boys, f- f- fucking, it's like, <laughs> let's just say that. That is the accurate. I was going <laughs> yeah. to say something, but maybe I shouldn't. Uh, um, yeah, you can't say anything. Anymore. Little thems. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, but I've always said the idea of like messing around with a Ouija board when you're a young kid and not knowing maybe the consequences of it. it honestly, the dark realms of our existence. You don't know. It, it is a really good idea. What Tom is saying here is we advocate for kids who feel like, you know, they're lost in life. Maybe they haven't got a purpose, haven't got many friends, being bullied in school. You know, you should really focus in on an ideology like that, become obsessed with it, become obsessed with Ouija boards, maybe even join a cult, yeah. do something crazy. And uh, yeah, you'll be cool and you'll have a sense of belonging and love. Yeah. And it'll be great. Yeah, because it's all about tribalism. So if you feel like you really need a community, there's a couple out there that I could say is very familiar to j- joining a cult like David Koresh. So sa- same thing. Maybe do or don't do that. Uh, I believe in individual freedom, but I also in belief of like, I am my own person. And for always, wherever will be in, there are certain people that are kind of can't be conditioned. And I'm one of those. I've never needed to feel like I need to belong with a group of people. I've always thought that I was an individual and could be and think and do the things that I want to do without any repercussions when it comes to ideologies of other people. I would definitely agree with that sentiment and I would say that I am the same and like if I just don't have a desire to partake in whatever I just like opt out and I just don't give a fuck um but I will say there's definitely something to be said for finding your own people yeah if that makes sense it might necessarily be like a group you know where it's like oh I've got to join this community Mm. or I've got to like dieheartedly support this community but like even like uh our relationship has kind of progressed You, you you find people I think in life who Everything kind of just aligns, and it's like hundred percent. And for the fans that don't have not seen this or heard this yet, I'm sure you're quite aware that me and Aaron uh, are like brothers from another existence in some regards because we think very similar on everything. I can't think of one thing that we don't align with. And there's people like that, and that's why I've said to Aaron, I was like, weird world we live in where we connected throughout with this podcast thing, mm-hmm. and we were able to regain this like friendship of being probably like brothers more than even best friends and that you're on the other side of the world yeah it's wild to think that you know we lived what like 20 something nearly 30 Mm. years without having any idea that the other person existed 
Yeah. And lived a lot of experiences that were in a lot of ways similar, Fairies, but yeah. were like 5,000 miles apart. Yeah. We have almost lived the same sort of lifestyle when we were like kids and teenagers and obviously with it's the love of wild. horror, which which I said to you is the the advent of, of being able to do this show is on my show, we can do more of the quotations, realistic sides of things mm-hmm. and theories yeah, of based on what reality is and then talk about the f- uh, fantastical part of life when it comes to horror movies and creepy, weird things. And that's why I hope people really enjoy this because this Bloody Mary stuff has very much to do with the connection to class horror cast of the idea of Candyman and the, the these tropes that scare kids and mm-hmm. why it's so prominent in horror movies and shit like that too. Like Urban Legend is a great horror movie in the fact that like it points out all these things even though we kind of shit on it to some extent. You always got to pick at like the way they could have done things better but I thought this was fairly good. Um, It's interesting. I enjoyed this. I didn't really know. Like I always heard about Mary Worth. That was always like this witch that you know, maybe cast spells on children like the Baba Yaga or some of these other like creepy cryptid creatures. Um, but for people that didn't know, this goes fairly deep. Um, and there's even more stuff. There's so many different stories about who Mary Worth was or if it was Bloody Mary, if it was Cle- uh, the Queen Mary the first. So I really hope you guys enjoyed this. And like I said, the best way to support us is Patreon. Uh, the merch design is coming. I have to. I just have to put the time to get the website revamped on the merch side. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff in the works, and I hope you guys are excited because we're excited to uh, show it to you and to talk about it. Everything he said. Yes. Everybody love everybody. Love you guys. Um, just, just remember, right? Destroy the child. Corrupt them all. Yes. Uh, don't do that. <laughs> okay. Do not destroy the child because if if you do, you might have Mary, Bloody Mary, at your fucking at your doorstep. But I was gonna say no in your mirror. You'll be doing your makeup, you know, and then you'll see a bloody woman coming through the mirror. You might have Bloody Mary come out of your toilet. I don't. We, we, for your show, we have to talk about ba- uh, Blue Baby. It's fucked. I am down. I'm going to look at that as soon so as we weird, get off uh, recording. I'm going to. All right. So, everyone, make sure to follow Class Horrorcast. Um, keep up with us. Leave us a five star rate and review on anything that you listen to. I know we have thousands of people on Spotify. So, make sure to leave the five star review. Um, I heard that you're going to be able to like actually leave comments on Spotify and stuff like that, too. So, you know, and I, I can be wrong about things. It's okay. I said that natural meat is, it can turn gray. Uh, and someone shit on me for that, and they were a big fan and left me a good review, so I appreciate that. Because, you know what? I sometimes get things wrong, uh, but I know they pump hormones into the meat to keep it looking luscious and red and this natural kind of color when that's not necessarily the case of what meat should look like. So I will say I was wrong about that, having a farmer call me out on it, but I heard about that, and it made sense, and I it's I know it still makes sense. So this is not gray, gray, like I was saying. So fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, everybody love everybody. You know what I mean? You can call me out of my shit as long as you love the show, whatever. Like, I can, we all can say things that maybe are not factually right, but at my point of view is, what is factual, really? Because we don't know anything. And I keep quotating what I'm saying, because we don't know. <laughs> all right, love you guys. Peace. Give your thumbs up, Aaron. That's your go-to. That's that's awesome. I'm gonna give a double <laughs> thumbs up for this one. <laughs>
If I started murdering people, there'd be none of you left. 